Why not you? I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is my week. And this is Life in the Rough, the podcast. You're going to own this week. Cheers to you, Brian. Cheers, buddy. How are we? Good to see it. Great, man. Can't complain at all. I mean, haven't golfed, so that's certainly a complaint. I could talk the entire episode about that. Um, But really excited about the PGA Championship. um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had nothing really to root for last weekend um, in the Byron. Uh, It just... I didn't have a lot of guys going in fantasy. It just wasn't. I, I didn't watch a lick of the Byron Nelson. I mean, it was also Not a Mother's lick Day. Like we had, we had a shit ton going on all weekend. We did a a kid's birthday party on Saturday for one of my cousin's kids. Uh, it was a two year old birthday party. It was a mobile. Farm. Sounds electric. Never even heard of it. A mobile farm. So they just. Showed so what they should have done is just had people there and just had flat screens and then like showed animals that were mobile. They were they were not there. But what they actually had is animals that were there in fences like baby goats and ducks and and rabbits and and other so somebody basically like loads up their truck in a trailer with all these animals and then brings them to a destination. Yeah, let's it's like a, a moving petting zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great business animals, idea. Some of the animals don't uh, necessarily want to be touched. Um, really? Well, goats? Well, no. I mean, like you can touch. Like they're not going to bite you, but they like there were children in the cages. You know, like hurtled around there, like their small little like portable cages. Like clearly, they're hiding from you because yeah, you're just like putting your hands in their face. Like, I, I don't know. You know how kids would, are with animals. So um, it got to be so traumatic for the animal. <laughs> right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was a, so, so that was fun Saturday and then Sunday was mother's day. So, I mean, we hosted over here. Um, so, I mean, I had golf on because I was, I don't, I had a financial interest in Scotty Scheffler. Um, well, that's also the only channel your TV gets. It does. And you know, it's funny because I tell people that, and they they just kind of look at me sideways. They look at me like Scotty Scheffler looked at Tiger Woods when he said he doesn't take divots. Um, that's similar to when people say things like, do you have a golf club in every room of your house? And I'm like, yeah, don't you? And then like and they don't know how to answer that. Like, should I? I it's it's like the tell me. It's like, like the classic like response, like it's like you just don't get it kind of thing. It's like that's how I felt Tiger was responding to Scotty too. He's like, just yeah, get it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, you would, you would it, never understand why I would have a club in all each room in my house, but yes, I do. You know, uh, well, absolutely, and that's how I kind of feel if if I get asked that. And there you go, Kev just gripped a club right there. I've got, oh, I've got, I have five clubs within arm's length i and if i my memory serves me right it's a 60 degree an eight iron a five iron a four iron why do you have such a uh assortment yeah why do you have such an assortment with you what's going on there are you doing an experiment sometimes you grab a club you hit it a couple times and then you walk back inside with it and then you end up in your office um 
Okay, that's fair. I actually I wanted to ask you this last time we recorded, and I don't remember if I asked you this, but I think it's a really interesting question. Do you all like when you go to the driving range, right? What's the first club you hit? So the first club I would hit would probably be like a pitching wedge. Okay. But it's is it always the same club? Um, yeah, because I would start with a really smooth swing. And this is, this is, I mean, this is going to show like cheap. I am one. I don't really go to the driving range. I love going to the driving range, but this year I've only been like twice. I hit a lot of balls outside into my net. Um, don't get to the driving range as much as I'd like to just for time purposes. But when I go to the driving range, I feel like I really need to make every shot really purposeful. So, yeah. you, you know, I'm paying for a bucket and I'm like, I've got the same bucket at home. These balls are all free. But the balls I'm hitting at home are nicer because they're they're just like legit balls that yeah. have just been used where these, are, these yeah. are driving range balls that are giving you what what is the driving range uh, ball? It, it, it goes let it it doesn't go as far isn't that correct isn't is there a percentage i think that's is like it... on an average i think that's what they say I, yeah. I also don't know like i would like to know what the pros aren't having that. they're 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 no, getting, no. They i, I get would like to whatever they want 100 percent. like they like when you go to a pro range they have like literally every single type of premium ball you could choose and you just take the ones you normally play with my thing with the range balls is i think typically yes like they go less they go less distance but i would like to know like what kind of ball a range ball is you know what because i'm sure like you can buy somewhat of the equivalent just like at dick sporting goods you know what i mean and i would i like yeah. i would wonder what type of golf ball they are um but anyway well, okay so you like to you need to have a you want to be purposeful behind yeah every so I, think I, that's want, a great I want mentality be... but does that change what your first club is every time you go to the range yeah because i can then hit a pitching wedge and you know take a three-quarter swing pitching wedge to to loosen up a little bit, my first swing doesn't have to be like a a hundred percent swing. Great, I know I could hit a ninety percent swing too, but yeah, just uh, there's a, a you're making your way over complicating the question, right? I just want to know what the first club you hit is when you go to the driving range. Start with the pitching, pitching wedge. wedge. It's Here a pitching wedge. Okay, I think everybody just like has like their club that they hit first, right? Some people are psycho. Some people will just like whip out driver. I I mean, I at least have a plan. Like if I, so I'll go like pitching wedge. Unless, unless it's super windy because of where the, the, um, the greens are in the driving range. Where the Uh, what are? Oh, the greens. The the greens at the driving range. So like if it's, if the wind's really at your back, I'll, I'll start with a gap wedge just because that club will get me to that green. So I can practice that way, but yeah, it'll be a couple, a couple shots of the pitching wedge. And then I'll just kind of go through the bag, nine iron, eight iron, seven iron, six iron, five iron, and I'll hit probably one or two more shots with my eight iron, seven iron and six iron. And yeah iron then i will like my four iron um just because i don't know 
I, I feel like are if I hit a couple like a good warm up ones, session or just like a regular range session, or are you just kind of like I, you don't you're not really a range warm up guy. You're just like you're talking about like going to the range. That's what you do. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't warm up before I play golf. I just I mean yeah. that's that's for people that, that those are the people I play against. Those are my opponents. That's what they do. Um, they they they're overcomplicating it, Kev. They're they're that's they're, so funny. They think that they're showing up. They're gonna find something that they that they didn't have before they're going to check check out my new grip and it's i love hearing about that tell me about your new grip on the first tee box i tell me more you know what i really want you to tell me about those swing thoughts that you were thinking about too you're thinking about changing your swing you should try yeah. that on the second hole well i don't i love to- when people tell me they like they found something on the range right before the round. I'm like, all oh, right, yeah. well, that's good. That's a good sign. Cause that means you haven't had that for the last month. So I don't know how yep. long-term that's going to be for you. Oh yeah. It's, it's always something. Um, a buddy of mine, he'll always say, guys, I, I played so good, but, and then it's like, oh yeah. well, all right. Well, but what, like, <clears throat> did you, you know, you're shooting 82, but you ended up having like three quads. Like, yeah, holy shit. That's, and I shouldn't even be that score specific, but like, it's always like, yeah. Well, I mean, no, you could be because that would be fucking sick. Cause that, well, means for sure, like, for the sure. rest in like four under. So, um, but it, you know, it's like, yeah, I had eight, four putts and I couldn't keep my driver in play off the tee. And it's like, holy like, what shit. What did you do like, well? Like, I, yeah, well, we've got a lot of things to work on uh, right now. Um, the other thing, I was listening to somebody um, have a conversation last week about birdie chances. It's not a birdie chance if you're just on the green of regulation. I'm sorry. You can call it that, but you need to know internally that it's not. Like, if yeah. if, if you've got anything less than 25 feet for birdie you've got a you've got a good look at birdie i mean if it's straight like you know what yeah. i'm saying like you it's yeah. not if you but got 50 when feet, you're 70 feet away good. and you're wondering like do you think i should just like chip this across the green to get it closer yeah. like i like we're not calling that like i just missed a couple birdie putts um you know, I'm and honestly, even like 25 settled guess, for par, settled for par, settled for par. But you that's a good part, that's a good two putt, motherfucker. I, Get over well, yourself. First of all, anybody that tells me they're settling for pars and they're they have a handicap that you know is over 10, I don't come on. You settling. can settle for par if you had six feet and didn't make your putt. How's that? Like that, that, that will be settling for par. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a That's three putt. It. You three, you get on in two on a par five. You three putt for a par. You settled for par. Yeah. You, yeah. You, but uh, you That's better, valid. You better be. Other, other than that, you better be grateful for every par that you get. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, when I'm six feet out and I miss a birdie putt, I'm mad. But yeah, that's that's my that's my fucking wheelhouse, baby. That. I, I poured in like a 50 foot putt for birdie this weekend, actually. So it's kind of funny that you're bringing this up. <laughs> I see, but you're a good golfer and I, I love that. You know what I would have loved more, Kev, if before you hit it, you used Aimpoint Express and then you just like looked at the people you were playing with after like side to side and you're just like, dude, yeah. 
I've actually been finding my, I, I'm not doing the aim point thing, but I have found that like on a putt that I can't quite oh tell, Here we go. I'll go stand there. Just like, like if I have like time, I, it's actually been a little bit helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a great green reader. I think that's my pro- part of my problem, but I, I have I, been implementing it. Not the actual, I don't know how to do like the, the finger thing that those guys do, but just I think that's a big point. I think that's a big part of it. I think, I think that's probably I, like the, the aim point part of it, right? <laughs> not sure. Not sure. Um, I, I'm pretty much all feel. I, I do that with my wedges. I do it with my putter. I can't, it's yeah. tough for me to describe like how I will hit a putt with speed. I just, I kind of just feel it and, and hit it. Um, oh, so I, I kind of feel like I'm the same way. Like when I'm looking at a putt, I just kind of like walk around and like, I just kind of like look around at the whole green and then like look at the putt and like kind of hit it to a place that I think it's going to get near the hole, which sounds like that's kind of similar to what you do. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'll look at the green to the left and to the right of where, um, my, where the hole is like fully left and right. Just to make sure, like, the green is contouring the way that I'm thinking. Because, like, there have been times where I'll putt a ball and I'll just shoot left. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I look to the right and I see everything sloping to the left. I'm like, oh, well, duh. So I like to look at the other side, to the left and to the right of me. I never get behind the hole. Um, Dude, you know It would have to be, like, a member guest. Like, it would be, it would need to be... And I only bring that up because Dan St. George just texted me about member guests at, at Blackledge. Like, it would have to be something where we're sitting in like a six hour round of golf going nowhere for me to really be because that's not my routine. And then once you start yeah. doing things that aren't your routine, like it's it's not benefit. You kind of fuck your, you're like overthinking about it. It's funny. I don't look at the at a putt from behind either, but I think it's funny because like a lot of times if you like misread a putt, like I feel like you, you hit a putt, you're like, Oh wow. I totally misread that. And you just like, you tap it in then you walk away and you look at it from the other side and you're like, Oh fuck. It does. To, how, yeah. how often do you, I'm never going to look at the other side, of the but hole. it's like, I'm never going to be that guy. It's also a lot easier in hindsight. Like after you've watched the ball roll the way it rolls to then look at yeah. the angle from the other side of the hole and be like, Oh yeah, That's that true. does make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah i uh so i don't I, i'm definitely just kind of a, a field player uh whereas like yeah. i wouldn't be able to tell you i would really have to think about it if if i put it like you could just point to a spot on a green and i would kind of aim there and i feel like i would get within probably a foot like i really do um yeah and if you were like how many feet or like how far away do you think you are i, I have no idea Oh, just, on the like, green, I, I definitely, I'm definitely the same way you are. Like, I can't like measure that shit. Yeah, like, I, I, I would. That love, would overcomplicate things for me, I think, and that would I, get in my head. I would love an app that does that. Like, just calculates your. You would really need a caddy because you're not. Otherwise, you would have to measure out how far you were every time you putted the ball, and that would be just like pace it off, right? Yeah. Well, you could use. I'm sure there's some sort like you know what um like if you were like getting the laser. your yeah yeah if you were getting your uh your room your me- measured for rugs yeah. they would fucking yeah. just put that little pen and be like dur, 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 dur. yeah and they fuck it up and then they have to come back three different times um that's from the Home Depot clearly um 
Yeah, I don't know. Those, those are legal, but it would be interesting after like a good round of putting to be like, shit, man, I made 150 feet of yeah. today. Like yeah. I was fucking rolling that rock in. Um, because even like you make two good putts and you're over 50 feet real quick, and that's out of you know, you've got 16 holes left to go. Six feet here, Couple. six feet there. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you could get to a hundred feet quicker than you'd think. And especially on like a good, like a, if you're having like a really good putting round, a lot of times it's just like you, you, you're just hot and like you have a good feel. So you're pouring in like all of those 12 footers, right? Like anything from like eight to 12 feet, you just like the cup is huge and you're just putting them all in the hole. You know? I, I feel like where, where I, where I really thrive is nice golf courses, bass rolling greens, smooth greens that short putts like pick, eight eight foot putts oh man pick yeah pick your starting line hit it with confidence and just let it roll in if you miss it's gonna roll by by like three feet and you're like oh my god but it just oh yeah that's, that's those comebackers are easier though because so easy i have no yeah. problem ever putting a ball past the hole for that reason yeah 100 percent. i i need to get better at hitting it past the hole but I don't know. My putting has been weird. You got to so get it my, there because uh, you you get you hit greens in regulation, man. You got to. That's true. My um my short putting has been really good this year, but my lag putting or like long putts have been really bad. So like I've been saving myself because my shorter like my short to mid range putts like up to say like ten feet like I'll hit a really bad lag putt and leave myself like six feet and like I'm probably making it kind of thing, which is. A very stressful way to play golf, by the way. I don't I don't recommend it's very um, stressful. I very, almost, very stressful. I almost have to um finish out. If I hit if I have like a 25 oh. foot putt and yeah, I leave it five feet short, six feet short, mm-hmm. I almost have to just like not mark it, just go right up and just yeah right now finish it. Yeah. And more times than not, I love patting myself on the back as I'm like a 12 handicap. Uh, more times than not, it goes in. Yeah. It's, you you don't line up your ball. You don't have like a, a line on your ball, right? No. Um, I mean, there's one provided to me by the fine people over at Vice. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't putt with a line, no. Yeah. Have you ever? Nope. Uh, um, I used I've to and I don't, I don't anymore. practice green. I've, okay. I've done it and... I've watched it. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. But then I found myself more concentrating on the way the ball was spinning. And yes, I suppose that you want to be hitting the ball. So it's spinning end over end, but. You can tell that without the line though. For sure. Um, I just, I, I feel like I would, it was taking away my concentration from putting. Not that I like think a ton about putting. I'm very routine based i'll look at it get over it a couple waggles look at it look back at the hole and then i'll hit it i mean it doesn't take me very long um it's what she said but it it's effective um for me i think that's so this is uh, like i know like we're like joking at ourselves being like an, an eight and a 12 handicap here like talking about how we know everything about golf but i think that's one of the most important things in golf is just having a consistent routine regardless of what your routine is just do it every fucking time whether yeah, it's your putting routine your your technique on the tee box like whatever whatever your pre-shot routine is just do it every time and i guarantee you become a better golfer if you're not doing it already 
I mean, some people's pre-shot routine is open a warm nip of sky vodka and just shoot it. I oh, mean, I know. Mm, yuck. I know. That's that's what you get at the farms country club. Oh, don't worry. The farms that, country yeah, club. Not what? going back to that member guest. Okay. Um, okay. That's fair. But uh, yeah, no. So what else? What What's new? I didn't get to golf. I mean, we've got a ton that we can talk about for with the PGA coming up. Um, we've got a major that yeah. we need to get on the book soon. You're, um, we do need to get a major on the books. You know what? I could actually probably. Uh, I'm not actually maybe not. I, I. I was gonna say I feel like you always hit me with oh i'm available this time and then i'm like yeah that won't work for me so not this coming weekend obviously and not the following but the weekend after that all right i could i could get behind that so that's actually the member guest at blackledge um it, oh. we're not gonna plan it oh uh, okay it, i do i do you're right no you're right you're right it wouldn't it wouldn't be fair to the rest of the field you're right I, that's what I was thinking. Like they're gonna yeah. check our handicaps. Um, yeah. It. it uh, I mean, we could. It's. It's probably a two day event, right? No, it's it's one day. It's two hundred and thirty bucks a team. Um, thirty six holes. Nope. Is there, well, I guess there's like food Lunch and stuff and raffles and stuff and, and raffle prizes and. I mean, that seems kind of like a ripoff for a round at Blackledge to me. That's all that is. is That's a a round at Blackledge with some food. Like, we could go play a nice course and get lunch for the same price. Right? Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm not disagreeing. Not disagreeing. I mean, I wasn't wasn't pushing you to... Oh no, I, I wasn't I, suggesting that you were. I was just... I think almost as you were talking about it, I was trying to give you information that would uh, that I knew would lead you away from from the event. I just... Oh no, you, trust me dude, you do not need to convince me to drive two and two and a quarter hours to go play Blackledge. I li- I like Blackledge, but unless it's February and it's the only course that's open, I don't need to make that trip for for that. No, I hear you. Um and it like you said, it's it's a, it's a hike for you. I would but you are right. For that price, we could play Rump and Fox. Um, yeah. And so I, I get it. Um, but I also get the camaraderie of doing um, member guests, you know, especially at the club that you are involved in and, and things like that. It just mm-hmm. it's a long day for me to get away from the family. Uh, that's pretty much my biggest reason. But um yeah that weekend i'm pretty sure we don't have anything on the calendar so get back okay. to me on that and let's um yeah i should be able to make that happen do you do you have somewhere in mind that you think would be a good place to play i don't even remember where where we had said we should play um to be honest i think i had I think crumpin was on there i think oh yeah um um TPC i think the boston ranch might have been on there again i know we said tpc but tpc boston is just gonna be like tough to get to that's what me. i was I'm, yeah cut me off that's what i was gonna say um why don't we try why don't we try crump and fox i'd be down to play crump and fox you think it's we should just do a little research uh by june actually their green should be fully healed from any aeration 
I just if we're gonna pay, you know, a buck twenty five to play a course, I just would probably want to not play aerated greens. You ever yeah, you ever yeah. feel I mean I, or maybe up your way they they give you a lot more notice. I know down south they do give you notice like on if you go on their websites, they'll say it. Um they won't have discounted prices or anything, but it'll just say Right. This is when we're it'll air- be on the website. Like, oh, like aeration will be like this. It'll be somewhat. So I'm going to Destin, as we, as we discussed for the, the bachelor party. Um, I was looking at places, multiple of them had listed on their website, aeration is taking place weekend of this. Greens will mm-hmm. not be in great yep. shape until this day. They gave you like a two and a half week window where like the greens aren't going to be in great shape. So like I think you're right. I don't think they're giving you a discount, but they're informing you. Yeah, the tough thing is what I also came to the conclusion of, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just haven't. Maybe the uh, sample size isn't big enough yet. Um, all the places in this in the area are going to be punching at the same times, same climate, right? Same like exactly. So like I was looking at a bunch of different places in Myrtle Beach. Like they were all off by like two weeks, and I was just like, all right, well. I'm picking based off of these ones too. And none of yeah. them ended up being bad, but it's just, it's something to keep in mind if you're ever planning a golf trip. Um, think about the destination you're going to, and it could be a time of the year where they're, they're punching their greens. Uh, so just something to, th- to keep in mind. You'd be pretty pissed if you ended up spending two grand on a, um, on a boy's golf trip. And then yeah. every course you get to, looks like they just took a fucking jackhammer into the green i'd be i'd be upset we'd we'd have to have turn you... that into gambling drinking games immediately like like a scramble maybe it would like that would that would annoy yeah me. we're no longer playing for a score here i i don't know if this was like a legit picture or if it was more of like the grounds crew playing a joke but i saw this picture of like oh like waited two years to go to bandon and they're playing on aerated greens or whatever have you seen this picture? It's like a I have, cat. and I, I mean, don't think it's real. Though. I don't know. I mean, do do nice courses? I I I don't have an ex. I I don't have like experience with like courses of that eliteness, but I wouldn't think that they're going to close when they aerate. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's probably a discount technique. So when I was at Farmington, for example they didn't have like the the typical like punching machine that you that you typically see they had i, I want to say it was called like the air 2 g2 it was had, like some uh, weird just, name like that and it had one. like like these super tiny microscopic holes i think they went way deeper in the ground but they were super super skinny and there wasn't nearly like on an entire green there would maybe be 50 holes just to give it like a number so it was like there were much fewer and farther between and very, very skinny. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of like nicer courses probably have better technology or something like that. Or I mean, like, what is it that Augusta has? Like the sub air system, I think it's called. I don't know if you still need yeah, to punch but with those or not. I mean, it's it's really tough because Augusta isn't even playable six months of the year. Like it's yeah, that's true. It's wild uh, what they do. Um, I, I know you didn't mean to give me the worst example, probably. Um, no, no. Um, but I certainly it, did not. It, it wouldn't surprise me um, if you're right. You know, a nicer, a private golf course is able to afford, um, you know, probably a piece of equipment that's two hundred thousand um, dollars. 
Um, where right. a public course might be using an air raid or a aeration machine that costs fifty thousand dollars. I don't know. I'm just throwing out numbers here, but it that wouldn't surprise me that a private golf course would would have that. Um, especially if your you know members are paying a, a shit ton of money to play. Right. But yo, know, things happen. I mean, their members give up their their golf courses when um, the PGA comes to town. You know, they give up their yeah. course for probably three weeks. You know, it's probably yeah. not playable a few weeks before the the tournament. Right, hundred percent. I know. I wonder. And that's a sacrifice. They're not getting. They're not getting a rebate. They're not getting any money back um, for not being able to play. That's that I bet is... the club itself gets money, and probably right. and... gets some sick like improvements that get made to the. And course, then you, know? you can say, "Well, oh, I'm a I'm, oh yeah, I'm I'm a member over at Wingfoot. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, yeah, well, I'm a member at Southern Hill. If you're a member there, you're probably a member at a few other places. There was a guy at, at Farmington that was a member at Wingfoot. That's awesome. Yeah, heard. Um, I didn't really know him that well, so I never got the heard, chance to even ask to try to go. But uh, Tommy Fleetwood had a uh, a good practice round this past weekend over at Hudson National, which oh yeah, I've played firsthand, and uh, let me tell you, gives me good vibes about Tommy Fleetwood this week. I've I have such great vibes. This is this is horrible. Just go back to the first episode of. Uh, this season when we were talking about our fantasy teams in relation yeah. to gambling and that'll sum up what I'm about to say every guy on my team this week looks so good to me in the betting field it's just every guy on my fantasy team they're all just studs I could give you reasons why every single one of them is going to be awesome and then I can give you another reason why they're all probably going to miss the cut yeah dude I have no idea what to make of this week it's uh, like, so from- no I, I I don't really think I'm actually pretty confident my whole team will make the cut the only person i'm a little bit worried about is to hit the gala because he's so wild off the tee but i've heard that it doesn't really make that big of a deal because you can still like it's still going to be the same sort of penalty you could still maybe get a line of sight to the green yada 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 but i could see oh. the gala having having an issue go ahead i was just gonna say i've been hearing that like Hitting the fairway is going to be at a premium this week. Exactly. The rough is so thick. So yeah. it's either if you get a line of sight, you can go for it. But if not, everyone's kind of going to have to punch out. Oh, it doesn't matter how wild you are, you're saying. Like if you're not in the fairway, you're you're being penalized. Correct. And um, along the lines of what you had said, just kind of in the deets, going into it a little bit further, the, I've heard that the fairways are super hard to, they're super firm to begin with which yeah. is making them tough to hit and hold. So they're hitting the, the the fairway and then rolling out into the rough, which then makes it just as penal as being 30, you know, yards off the uh Dude, it's also going to be I can't wait. cold. Like it's it's going to be a high of 50 to uh, it's a high of 50 today. High of 64. The high the hottest day is going to be a high of 76 and then Saturday's a high of 63. 80% chance of rain. It's just going to be like not tiger conditions. Good thing tiger's not playing. So I don't think he'd be able to make it. No. Is 76 Friday? Friday, but it's going to be cloudy. Like the one day that it's warm, it's going to be cloudy. Yeah. Um, um, it's been cold up here, man. Like it was like, I was, was wearing sweatpants and a, like a sweatshirt today. 
I so today was cold down here too. We had a high okay. probably in the low. We're recording on Wednesday. We had a high in the mid sixties today, low sixties probably. Okay. Yesterday, but past couple of days, it had got up to the eighties. It was gorgeous. So yeah. it's just kind of like, come on, where are we go? Like it felt like we were on the roller coaster on the incline. We're like, yeah, let's go. We're heating up. And then it got to 85. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then we we went back down a little bit to like the 70s. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then it was like Tower of Terror, and then the fucking floor dropped out, and then it was the 50s. And I was like, nah, no, nah, I don't like that. Yeah. What I will tell you is that the weather this weekend was phenomenal. It, it was certainly phenomenal to to play some G. I was doing some outdoor activities on uh, on Saturday at my home in Connecticut as well. But the weather this weekend was fantastic. So that was that had me feeling optimistic. But this this morning, that was a little chilly, Bri. Got to tell you. Um, uh, oh, what was I going to say to you? I had something, uh, something pertinent, but I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll remember that later. Okay. How did our, um, I don't think our bets performed particularly well this past weekend. Do you? Dude, I crushed it. I went three and oh. Really? I don't uh, think mine performed particularly well, but I don't really remember. Uh, opposite day. I had, I went zero and three. No, I went zero and three. You oh, went, no shit. Yeah. You went two and one actually. Oh, oh, you kidding me? The kids pull it away. So you won your two wins were both by one stroke. Fuck yeah. And then your loss was by one stroke. I mean, everyone you, you I, I mean, listen, man, you, you were picking the guys in play. I, on the other hand, um panicked. So I I decided that I really have been I haven't been holding up my end of the bargain here. Um, I have been panic picking as so first of all, the selections last week sucked. We were talking about it. There, there, there weren't bets available when we were recording. And I just fired off first round picks because that's all that was available. Yeah. Um Kevin <laughs> had matchup uh, a whole tournament matchups. It was just screwed by circumstance. Anyways, I actually sat down literally when I was pooping and took some time today and on the clock and, you know, looked at a couple guys that uh, I think would be good matchups. Um, Okay. I actually haven't picked. Do you have your three selected? Sure do. Sure do, Kev. Okay. Um, I love it as a parlay too. I mean, you and you'll also be able to parlay it for, um so that's what i like about the matchups you can take them all individually then you can parlay a few of them together it's it's an enjoyable way to play you can also parlay the finishing positions they i think they realized that they'll make more money off of people just throwing money at these crazy parlays um yeah probably letting people parlay winnings with top five top ten oh 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 my god Brian, what? I, I nearly, I nearly, oh my God, that was nearly a disaster. I was, I was over here looking at these matchups and I was, I was looking at the round one matchups instead of the tournament. Sorry. Didn't mean to take you off the, take you off the rails there or take the whole, I'll, I'll go fuck myself. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No problem. So um, do you have your three picks identified? Oh, sure. Oh, sh- oh, sure. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Do you, I'm gonna do you want me to talk about it? Well, yeah, go you you if you, you want, we can take no, a you quick second ahead. and hear from a word from our sponsors. If you are looking to find your calling, go beyond the US Border Patrol is looking for a recruitment today. Earn up to twenty thousand dollars recruitment incentment from the US Border Control. It is time to take back our borders. What did you just say? It was an email that I got. Oh, I didn't know they were sponsoring us now. I don't know. This woman, she's got a gun in a car and it's like, find your calling. Kill illegals. Sounds a little aggressive. I know. Pretty aggressive. Um, Okay. Uh, Yeah, you know what also is aggressive? Dead heat reduction. Fuck dead heat reduction. I'm sick of it. It's hogwash. It's it like you. It's just bullshit. Um, and I'm sure it's gonna happen to me again this week. Um, it always does. That's but I feel like I have so many bets in already that it's not gonna I, matter. Got a hit. I've yeah, I've got 15 in so far. Ten of them. I haven't I haven't placed any yet. I literally just picked my three for for our picks right now, and I'm gonna do some do some analysis, not analysis, but some uh, some irresponsible um, wagers this evening, probably. Um, so get lay lay your three on me, Brian. What you got? All right. And are, after, are we doing the are we doing the picks now? Yeah, we can do the picks now. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do them right now, and then after, can we just say a couple of fun parlays? You know, actually, I guess you're not gonna contribute, but can I say a couple of my fun? Sure. Parlays? Yeah, I'm re- really excited to watch over the weekend. Um, so for my picks, um, the guy's a stud. Um, he's been a stud all year. Sleeper, I wasn't a sleeper for you, obviously, Kev. You knew about him. You scouted him. You saw him on the ground. Had boots on the ground last year. You you saw him firsthand. I'm gonna take Wyndham Clark, uh, beating Adam Scott. And I'm not saying Adam Scott's not been playing good golf. He has. I just think. I just don't think Wyndham Clark is still gotten the credit he deserves, and he won a tournament recently. So I'm going to take uh, Wyndham Clark over Adam Scott for the tournament. That's a good bet. I almost took that too, but they're both on my fantasy team. But I like when I think Wyndham's game sets up really well for this course. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's long and straight. Um, and next, I have Matt Fitzpatrick over Cam Smith. And it's bottom line: I don't believe in you anymore, Cam Smith. I also was looking at that, didn't didn't touch it, but I I agree with that. All right. And then third and rounding it off. And, you know, I didn't necessarily like this um, kind of on the same lines of what you'd said earlier with my Wyndham Clark pick. You don't love taking your picks on people that are on your fantasy team, but realistically I have like 10 bets with people on my fantasy team right now. So I didn't talk about this and I have a lot of confidence in this guy going into this week. And I really hope it doesn't burn me. So my third pick for the week is Ricky Fowler over Taylor Gooch. Um, and yeah, I'm riding that to the bank. So I like that. Wyndham Clark over Adam Scott, Matt Fitzpatrick over Cam Smith and Ricky Fowler over Taylor Gooch. Um, are those all tournament long matchups? Yes. Okay. I like that. Yes. Um, yeah, I was originally looking at instead of the Fowler pick, um, Fleetwood over Burns, but I just I like Fleetwood 
I do, but I also think Sam Burns is going to play very well this tournament. Uh, or yeah. has the opportunity to. So I just felt a little bit uh, a little bit safer going against Gooch. And Burns I mean, isn't a guy I love to bet against. No, 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 no. I feel like a lot of times you want to be betting against people versus for something. Not maybe not, but I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. Do you want do you want my three, Brian? I mean, if they're gonna be losers, yeah, because I need to do some catching up here. But what do we got? What are what are we looking at, Kev? What are we uh, my first pick I'm going to take is Max Homa over Tyrrell Hatton. Okay. For the tournament. Right. Hatton coming off of a T five. T five. That's dead heat reduction, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he, he's been playing a lot of good golf lately. I just think And Homa, Homa's Homa in the majors. We, we all, not the best history. Yeah. So what, what I've been hearing is for this Ooh. course, it's a comp, the people that are going to be successful on this course or that should be successful on this course are people that not just hit the ball, the drive the ball far, but far and straight. Mm-hmm. And Homa is a, he is, he's up there in distance and he, he's pretty accurate as well. Tyrrell, I, I, I feel like Tyrrell's a little bit too um, manic for major tournament golf, but we can talk about that later. Um, my second pick, I have Dustin Johnson to beat Sung Jae In for the tournament. Um, I just feel like I don't know why Dustin Johnson is positive money in, or uh, plus 100 in that matchup. Um, not favored. I, I feel like he's. I, I think he's just a stronger golfer than I mean, Sung Jae In I mean, overall. He and he's a, he's a major champion. Yeah, I mean, he he just won a live event. It was against a uh, a, a local grocer and a busboy from the '99. They were on an absolute ravage course, apparently. Too. Have you seen the pictures? No, no, no. Oh, it was just like in terrible condition. Um, so those are my first two, and then my third one. I'm going with a, a couple of. Uh, it's going to be the. Uh, this is the main card, Brian. I'm taking John Rom over Scotty Scheffler. So, all right, I want to dive into this one a little bit. I, I love it because you're just, I mean, you're getting right out in front of it. Um, yeah. You're, you're going right up to the biggest bully and saying, what up? I'm here. Yeah. Um. My question is, how do you feel about that after the your reasoning towards Hatton? You know, Rom can run a little hot. Rom can put himself in a positions where he loses composure on a golf course like this. I understand that Rom does hit the, hit the ball long, and he does. Um, you, I can tell. I can answer your question. Rom uh, uses that to that, his. Where'd you get that bottle opener? I've got the same one. It, Brookstone. It was a gift, Christmas gift. Yeah, baby, love that. Cheers. Tell you where mine is. But I know I have one. Yeah, it's um, a it's an iron. Uh, Kev, tell the people what it is. It's a it's a bottle opener where it's an iron golf club head, and on the other like up the shaft where the grip would be is just a, a bottle opener. Yeah, Lo- love that. Is. Love that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so my my reasoning for Rom versus Hatton is hot Rombo. Hot Rombo. They I think the big the big difference there is that Rom uses that fire to his advantage. Whereas I feel like Hatton uses it to his detriment. A ton. Like, I think he goes like a little bit too over. He doesn't quite have control over it. Whereas Rom 
has he can he's gained a little bit of control over it and he uses it to his advantage. So that's my take on that conversation. Yeah, I don't hate it. Just Your thoughts? Ask you. You, you agree? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, Rom is is yeah, I, he's the number one player in the world for a reason, or number one or number two player in the world for a reason. Uh, he he might get hot, but uh, he certainly knows how to put the ball in good places and score. So um, I think it's going to be, like you said, a bomber's paradise. I think the guys that hit it long are going to do well. Um, so there's been like kind of like 10 guys that I've been targeting that I've kind of, and like, not necessarily, well, definitely like kind of putting all my eggs in one basket, not just yeah. doing a bunch of different parlays um, with about 10 to 15 people. And I, um, I'm excited. So I did one. I, I so one I've got to tell you this parlay. This is called Team Ackley Fantasy Parlay. Um, yeah. So this was made with just people on my fantasy team. Um okay. I did Tommy Fleetwood top ten. Um, I think Tommy Fleetwood's going to play very well in this tournament. Okay. Sub note: I took Tommy Fleetwood top five. Um, at a at ten to one odds. Uh, sorry, eleven to one odds. I put ten on him to win a buck twenty. So, I really like that. I really do. Um, but anyways, so Tommy Fleetwood top ten, Ricky Fowler top twenty, Sahith Agala top thirty, Keegan Bradley top forty. Five bucks to win four hundred ninety three dollars. I, mean, I don't hate that. If it, if it was up to me, I think I would have switched. You want to reverse Sahith? And, and yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you um you're like well good news because i also put that one in yeah of course we <laughs> hammered it the other way every other way um one that i thought was super creative little out of yeah. the box yeah um i went cameron young top 10 Whitney i like Clark, that top 20 i like that patrick reed top 30 okay adrian Moronk, top 40 that's interesting five to win 496 dollars um i might get in on that one love that see Kev, this is why i'm sharing with the group um another one i thought was kind of interesting xander top five brooks top 10 Finau top 20 that was 10 to win 350 um that's solid rom top i this was when i wasn't looking at what i was doing rom t5 brooks t10 because i had brooks back to back uh, and Fleetwood top twenty. That's two. Uh, that's ten to win two fifty six. Thought that was real interesting. This one is going to tickle the balls. Scheffler T five. Rom Tom. Rom top ten. Keegan top twenty. That's fifteen to win three forty five. Okay. Uh, DJ it. top ten. Ricky Fowler top twenty parlay. Fifteen to win two hundred. I mean, we got options. I mean. We, I, I like all options. of these. And then the last one is uh, Scheffler top 10, Xander top 20, Cantley top 30, Jason Day top 40, 25 to win a buck 75. That sounds like the most likely thing to happen. Oh, sorry. One more. Rom top 10, DJ top 20, Hovland top 30, Sung JM top 40, 25 to win 240. Huh. Both of those, those last two sound pretty like 
why I put 25 on them and the rest were about yeah. 10 bucks. So sound <laughs> pretty like realistic. Uh, well, that's like, you're going to have yourself a grand old weekend, huh? I, I, dude, I'm feeling good about the squad. I, I didn't even put Gary Woodland in any, uh, any parlay yet. No, dude, I think he's going to do well. He uh, sucks I don't think he's going to make putting, but the greens are so straightforward that if par is the goal, I think he's going to be fine. I, I'm getting a lot of, um, I'm not saying part of win, like you're going to need to be like, no, no, I, I know six under or something like that. I'm hearing a lot of like comparisons to winged foot when people are talking about this course, but as people explain it, I'm kind of hearing a lot of similarities to like a Beth page. Like you got to hit it long and straight. Everybody's saying the rough is really grabby, but it's not very long. Like it's kind of reminding me of when we played Beth page. Um, and then with you saying that with the greens being pretty straightforward, I think that was consistent with what our experience was there. Um, maybe, maybe Brooks is, uh, is the guy who knows. I, uh, did take Brooks T20. I think I'm going to take Brooks in my, um, in my one and done. It's in my opinion, <clears throat> the reason is, um, he's a live player. So he only gets, I, I would only be able to use him at, yeah. um, a major and like, like I think he's got a good shot here. Like, if, unless the Masters was a fluke, um, I, I think he has a good shot here too. So, um, the guys I went to the PGA Championship with last year were doing every major. We're just each throwing in fifty bucks, and we do just like a mini draft where we each pick two people. You can one person can be like you know whoever you're able to get in the draft. Your second person has to be somebody outside of the top thirty. Um, Brooks was my guy outside of the top thirty. I had the. I had the last pick. So I got like the first of like the guys outside the top 30, essentially snake mm -hmm. style. Um, and I was like, I feel like I would, I took Rory and then Brooks. And I almost felt like getting Brooks was more promising than getting Rory. Cause I don't know how I feel about Rory right now. Oh, you pick two and then you're there. You're two for the entire. Oh no, 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 no. So basically what we did. So each of us put in 50 bucks. So we did it for the masters. If nobody's pick one, then that money would have carried over and we would have each put an additional 50 bucks in for the next tournament. Somebody won, somebody had, um, Definitely. I mean, uh, Rom, Rom, Rom. Rom, obviously. So then we just re-upped it this time. Um, but like we picked draft order for the first time I got to pick, I forget what I got to pick. I think I picked first. So then it just like the draft order just keeps rotating for each major kind of thing. I got you, but no, yeah. I hear you. I, I, as someone who drafted Rory, I feel very fucking slighted by him as well. So I'd really love for him to win this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is. Maybe like he needed well, for his, Keegan like, to win more, but Keegan would be sick. So I I got him at a hundred. Hard not to like Keegan, you know. Oh, what a guy's guy! And he knows that New England golf, that Northeast golf. He's all about that. Those those oh, sure, Jersey sure. roots. I, mean, I, don't think he's I thought he was from Vermont. Yeah, I, I think he went to college in Jersey. He went to college in Queens, St. Yeah. John's. Uh, same thing yeah may as well be no i get it i mean i i'll give you this brian jersey is closer to queens than rochester is to new england so i'll give you that let me fucking tell you <laughs> kev i thought of a million different ways to try to get to this pga championship on friday this yeah. place is so far away it, how I far mean, is it door to door for you is it like seven eight hours or what is i think we've talked about this no before. like five, so the it five like little less than five. It would probably be five even. 
Okay. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, man, no problem. And then I was really thinking about like how long five hours is. And like, because <laughs> I was like, honey, I'll just meet you in Vermont after. It's no big deal. And I, like, I, it's, it's a lot anyways. of podcasts. Oh, I, I could have crushed. I could have crushed the queue. The queue could have yeah. been loaded. But um, no, it's just unfortunate. Like, let's let's get one fucking closer to civilization here. I bet the hotels out there are killing it in Western New York. Oh, probably. I'm pretty sure Turning Stone is somewhat new. I don't know how far Turning Stone is specifically from Oak Hill, but I think it's it's pretty close. I bet they're going to collect a lot of wampum this uh, this weekend. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, and this is very rude of me to say, because I used to work for a company that had wind turbines in northern New York, yeah. western New York, and done the whole thing. I get it. Um, yeah. But I just feel like I'd really appreciate something appreciate something more like Bethpage. Like I could crash at Jackson Stanford or get a hotel in the area and then drive an hour to the event in the morning and then I could drive home later that day. It doesn't require like for ideal rest two days of sleeping in a hotel. For a savage that would just try to like do it, you could I guess get try to get away with it for with no hotel and just leave your house at 3 a.m. and just drive right there and just watch golf all day and then just drive home. But uh, you have to be an absolute sicko to do that, I think. Yeah. I mean, um, I was just going there for a head cover. That's fair. That's it's not worth Then you're spending more. Honey, I always, I always, spent, I was only there 28 minutes. It's not even that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, I, Brian, you can order that online. <laughs> I didn't even have any beers. That's that was a mistake. Um, no, I wish, what are you going to do? So have you, you've had no luck selling the tickets? No luck. No, I got rid of them today. Oh, no way. Yeah. I mean, sold them for a loss, but it better than nothing massive. I'm hoping it was like a 35% loss. Okay. It was better than hundred percent. Cause it was for a actually, while. It was starting to look actually like 38% loss, but yes, agreed. Um, okay. well, that's good that you unloaded them. Did you yeah. sell them on online or to someone like that? You yeah, know? on StubHub. It was, it was wild. For some reason, the the price of the tickets started dropping like fucking flies, and I don't know. The weather's great. I don't know why, but no, it worked out. Um, oh, and then well, I'm happy for you. And then, oh, dude, I, I'm so happy. I was, I, I was sweating over these things because, and it's a lesson that I've learned. I just won't do it again in the future. I for for things like this, I I don't. I, I think that a year in advance is definitely acceptable for the masters. Um, maybe for Taylor Swift. Um, I don't know shit about her, but based on what yeah, I've heard, it's seems super right. difficult to get tickets. So I've, it's like the musical equivalent to the masters, I guess. I apparently, apparently yeah, people um, are crazy about her. Let me tell you, I'd rather go to the masters twice on Sunday than fucking yeah. see Taylor Swift that ever. Um, Courtney C interaction on Memorial day weekend though. Um, Gideon up. Oh, I think is that the weekend we were suggesting playing golf? That's the no Memorial Day is the week before. I could play that weekend, it would just need to be after the concert's on a Friday night, so I could play Saturday when she gets back or Sunday. We can Um, talk about it. Oh, actually, we might have Memorial Day parties 
I'm pretty sure I have to do other stuff. We can we can talk offline. Yeah, we don't need to bore the peoples. Yeah, but the peoples uh, do need to know in case there are extra tea time invites. Just, just that's so. true. That's true. Hey, um. So what were what was the thing with the tickets you were you were telling me about that relates to Taylor Swift? Oh, I just don't think there's a, a super um large need to order them in advance. It, I think I'd rather no. get burned on. They were originally two fifty, and they went up to two or to three hundred. Then they were two fifty, and now they're one hundred, and you're taking a loss. And then you have to worry about selling them. Like I feel like I would just rather be in the position to be like, let's find tickets for for some things, like an Eminem concert. Now I'm buying this day. I wonder um, if it also really depends on like the venue or the location too. Like I wonder I wasn't if thinking about that, Kev, I agree with you after I really started to think about it. Um, like Rochester is not easy to get to. Like it's not easy for you to get to. And you live in the part of the country that Rochester's like, if somebody was flying from somewhere else, like I'm well, not even totally sure like there's a, where, how they would oh, do it. There's a private airport in Rochester. You're probably flying into Buffalo and then driving and like Buffalo and Rochester, I want to say are still like an hour and a half from each other. Maybe like, it's not convenient. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, it's tough. And I think another thing is, um, especially with a golf tournament, like say it's raining sideways. Yeah. Like, well, so at least if it's raining sideways in California, it's probably 75 degrees. If it's raining sideways in New York, there's a possibility it's 45 degrees. Um, right. Like Rochester in May. Like, no. They had snow a month ago. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, it just, uh, it was before I bought the master's tickets. It was like, oh, my God. We yeah. Have an opportunity to go to a major. Let's do it. And then it kind of crumbled. Um but it's it's all good. Listen, uh, we learn a lesson, we move on. John even Venmoed me. He's like, here, man, here, here's some money for for the loss. I was like, John, what a what a fucking guy. This guy, let me tell you, this guy fixes things. He he probably just fix, he probably just hit a thirty thousand dollar parlay, just uh, a thirteen probably. team hockey parlay on the puck line. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. I truly don't. Um, Dude, we're going to the the Ryder Cup next year, right? That's in two years. Are you sure? 2025. It says it says there. 2024 Ryder Cup, Beth Page Black. What? Maybe, maybe not. Hold on. Ah, I mean, if you say so. Wait, isn't I thought it was oh no, it's September 2025. I don't I don't know why I was looking. I thought it was 2025 as well, and I was really confused because well, the, the, Ryder... the Ryder Cup's this year right oh okay sorry um i'm really like that's like because the Ryder cup and president's cup essentially just switch every yeah year right yeah and so I every think, year there is something i think covid like threw things off in some way they bunched them a little bit more i i don't remember exactly what happened but i think it kind of, like i think it was like supposed to be the 2024 Ryder cup that beth page hosted but it's happening in 2025 like, I don't know if everything just got pushed back a year or like how that happened. Well, but... it definitely would. Like you would sign a contract with a golf course. To, like, right. They, you'd be like, yo, you can't fuck us on this. Like you, you're you catching us the next year around because they, they book these things like 10 years in advance. Oh, yeah. They start preparing for them like that far in advance, too. 
Well, maybe not 10 years, but at least, you know, four or five months. Well, it, oh, at least that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, I'm excited for that. We have, no, to I was talking that. to John about that. I was like, listen, uh, that's something that I do think it would be smarter to buy tickets in advance. But maybe I'm wrong again. Maybe, maybe they'll go down in price. I don't think so. I thought I think Beth Page is probably super accessible uh, for people to get to. It wouldn't be that difficult to fly into JFK. Like it. I bet more people like live on Long Island and are easily commutable to Beth Page than there it's are. Not even total... comparable. There's more people that live on Long Island that are in Western New York, and Western New York is probably right. seven times the size of Long Island, at least. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. It's fucking big. Yeah. So, and it's just so accessible because even if you don't, you can fly right into JFK and take a 30 minute Uber and get to Beth Page. So it's just like. If you want to get real creative, you can take a fucking boat. Yeah. You can take a train. There's literally a Beth Page train station. Like you can just go there. It's so easy to get to. Um, I mean, we would know. We went there. We played golf there as as boys. Very cool. That was a good time. Kind of. I almost died. So fucking hot. Um, are you gonna play golf this weekend? You're due, man. Nope, going to Vermont. So you're you're going no G for a couple weeks, huh? Family trip, first tee time is not gonna be for three weeks. That's okay. Kids. Maybe that's gonna just turn your game around. Kid's going low. He's going. I, the thing <laughs> is, I feel good about where my game is. It's just I. So to, I'm talking out of both ends of my ass here. I feel so good about my game. It just sometimes I hit a driver and I've got no fucking idea where it's gonna it's like, go. Yeah, I feel great about my game. It's just I also suck. You know, it's just no, I all. just I really feel like I've just been so consistent this year, Kev, that I I could be wrong. I don't think I've shot a 90. It or maybe a 90 is the highest I've shot. I, I feel like the past like Five to eight rounds, it's just been consistently 84 to 87. And it just yeah, like, that's like exactly what I feel like I've been doing this year. Um, and then I go home and I'm like, well, there's two strokes there. There's a stroke, there's a stroke, there's a stroke. And and I'm like, well, there, there it goes. But I I really feel like as a whole, I'm really kind of keeping it together. Um yeah. You know, getting about nine pars in a round, and um, mm-hmm. and that's solid, and making it work from there. Yeah, um, that's where it starts. I mean, that's that's a that's a goal of mine. Every time I go out, try to get nine pars um, as quick as possible. I still haven't done it on in nine holes yet. Um, nine pars. That's your that's a goal that you have. I, I try. Like I try to get nine pars in a round. If I if I get nine pars in a round, I know that I'm playing well. And hey. If it if I end up having nine pars in a round and two triples, nine doubles. Well, oh my goodness. Well, if if that's the problem, I'm probably like, don't pass me on the highway. It, like if I have nine fucking doubles, that um that's tough. if you have like birdies, do you count those towards your pars? Yeah. Yeah, a par okay. or better would be it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My round from Sunday, I had exactly nine pars or better. That's interesting. That's I've never really looked at it like that. I like that. I think that I, shows consistency. I think that's what I like about that stat. 
Absolutely. Or if if I, I mean, I wouldn't want 18 bogeys, but if I shoot around without a double bogey, that's a victory oh, for me. That's if one I, of the if, big, if, that's if, one of my big things. No doubles. Yeah. Um, if I get a birdie, I kind of like will usually make a joke like, ah, I'm good for the day. I'm completely yeah. like, I just played around essentially perfectly. Like I'm not expecting to drain an eagle from a buck 40 out in the middle of the fairway. So if I can yeah. go up and down and like get a one putt birdie, I, I'm thrilled with that. And let's let's just play good and keep going. If I have four more quads, then I'm not going to say the birdie made it all worth it. But it's still like right. it's enough gratification that'll keep you coming back out there. But yeah, if if I can string together five pars, I mean uh, nine pars. Well, excuse me, I'm feeling good about it because at least half of the half the round. I played good golf. Um, right. It's not easy. It's it's definitely not easy, but it's something that I try to think about, um, you know, after I play, like just look at it um, from, a, from a different perspective. I heard it from somebody on a golf course um, like a year ago. And the I nine pars thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, huh. you know what? Because they, they were just like trying to simplify it. Like, yeah. Not I heard getting nine part of the simple, but it, you know, you can just kind of knock it off that way and just, it's a less it. complex goal to like look at though, I think, which is key. I heard something interesting actually the other day that I, I, I like, I've never really thought about this, but like it made perfect sense. I think it was like, I didn't hear Jordan Spieth say it, but I think they were saying that it's something that came from Jordan Spieth. And they were saying like every round of golf you play, you're going to play three rounds of six holes essentially where, one round like like six holes you're gonna be like basically on defense like trying to figure out what the hell you're doing six holes you're gonna be just like just okay like kind of like playing okay then you're gonna have six holes of really good golf and the key to having a good round is knowing when you're in each of those stretches kind of thing i think awareness is is extremely key i would yeah i feel like someone could poke holes in that and be like jordan you shot 10 under at blah, blah course. Today. Yeah. Clearly you had it all together more than six holes, <laughs> but I agree with you that awareness of what's happening around you and like what I feel like I'm talking out of my body right now, what what's happening around you by the, the circumstances that you're in. So understanding that like, shit, I just had an errant tee shot right now. All right. Not the end of the world. Listen, Right. What are we going to do next? Where, And I think it's just important to understand, like, all right, we uh, we definitely got lucky with that going up and down from the rough there. Um, let's concentrate on putting this one in the fairway and then going in the back. Like, it just helps you concentrate a little bit more on what's going, what, what you're doing and being more conscious of it. 100%. 100%. I, um, I completely agree. Just managing your game out there, you know? I'm a big uh, component of, uh, or proponent. I'm not a component. I'm a big proponent of, um, of uh, awareness as well as course management. I mean, oh yeah, there. It's not always the club that's going to go the farthest that the club you want to hit. Sometimes it's the club that uh, gives you the best number. For me, that's usually what it is. Yeah, I. Uh, so I um, 
I had to go back and forth to Connecticut on Saturday and Sunday this past weekend. So I was in the car a long time and I was by myself. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I found, I'm going to plug another podcast here because I bet a lot of people don't listen to it and I bet you haven't listened to it, but it really, really informative. Have you ever listened to Hack It Out? No. Okay. So do you know, you know, Lou Stagner, the stats Um, guy, like he posts all the, the golf stats on Twitter and stuff uh not yet maybe i don't know he'll be it will be all the stats like oh like the average five handicap hits it to within 10 feet like from 100 yards three percent of the time like he has like those kind of stats that he always he's just like a a stat guy anyway he's one of the co-hosts and then i think greg chalmers who's like a late 40s pga tour guy and then somebody else there's some other british dude and they have this whole series of how to consistently shoot in um how to consistently break 80 or whatever. And basically each episode is about a different aspect of the game. Like one was putting, one was mid irons, one was wedges, one was driving accuracy, one was driving distance. They had like a mental game one. Each one's like 30 minutes. So I was, I was listening to all of them. Um, and then I played golf on Sunday afternoon. So I, they had one thing that they mentioned that I thought was really interesting. And I have a new strategy moving forward. All right, I am only going to shoot whatever the distance to the middle of the green is that's the number I'm going to take every time I'm hitting into a green for the next like 10 times I play because he was saying this interesting thing that however wide your dispersion is like East to West, your dispersion with your clubs when you're hitting your approach shots is actually much larger North to South than it is East to West. Okay. So picking that middle number is going to give you a much better chance to hit the green. Um, And I was talking about how I made like a 50 foot putt for birdie uh, this weekend. I, I, I hit like an extra iron that I wouldn't normally hit. And like, I, I, I hit it like really well. So it flew to the back of the green. I just happened to make a putt, but it's just so much easier to score and get the ball into the hole from the green than it is from the rough. Even if you're a lot closer to the hole in the rough than you are on the green. It's a lot, <clears throat> it's a lot less stressful too, as someone who goes up and down a lot for his pars. Um, I can yeah. tell you firsthand, it's, it's, it's a lot, um, it's very were, stressful. So, but from, and from what distance is this from though, Kev? Whatever distance, whatever my approach shot. I mean, so I, so I've got a little bit of, I, I've got a little bit of a problem with this for someone of your skill level. Because, um, so let me say, go ahead. Go ahead. I like, think you I, do have I, to take the size of the green into account. I mean, well, if you have I just a green that's you put too many balls pin high six feet from the flag stick to just then we're going to, like oh settle okay for, all right we're gonna aim for the middle of the green like i would say probably say anything 100... over 100 yards okay i was gonna say over 150 but i maybe i just have more confidence in your in your game i just i feel like if there's a front flag at 100 but middle is 112. Yeah, I think I'd rather be. So that's actually the reason they were saying they were actually using the front flag as the example because they were saying they were getting I bet this a lot of people come up short. I bet statistically people are short because they think they hit the ball farther than they do. Uh, so that's part of it. It's not so much about how far you think you hit your clubs. It's actually about that next shot. So they were saying average amount of strokes it takes someone to get in the hole on a 60 feet away from the pin on the green so a 60 foot putt 
mm-hmm. 20, 20 yards is the, it takes the same amount of strokes or it takes more strokes to get in the hole from seven yards away in the rough or from like eight yards away in the fairway. Shitty ass golfers. Let me tell you that. No, it's just like, if you're on the green, you're at such an advantage. So like you may as well just get it onto the green, then try to hunt the pin down, which like, again, like I'm someone that like, I'm very eight yards in the fairway. I'm going to sink that shit. I mean, maybe. I, I yeah I, I don't know I scramble yeah I don't even really know what the number would be I know I know I know I'm and it also depends it very much depends on the specific hole but I think for the most I just like hit to the middle of the green because like I mean like you said like if it's a 12 yard difference between the flag and the middle of the green if you miss hit it a little bit you're going to be five six yards away from the pin and like you're not really going to go if I'm hitting like a hundred yard shot I'm not really going to hit it 10 yards long. Yeah. I think it's just more of the mentality of par is your friend and yeah. don't try to get greedy for birdies. Yeah. And I think it can probably be something that like on any given day, maybe you're like, Oh, like I feel really like this specific shot. I feel really good about going after this, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, I think it's something I'm going to try and see how I like it. I'm going to fucking try it too and see if I like it. I can't hit greens doing what I'm doing right now, so I might as well fucking try something new. I will yeah, still be I think in, it's, in it's not so much about but. well, yeah, it's not so much about making the birdies as much as it is avoiding the bogeys or the doubles. So yeah, my yeah. my I mean bogeys, my bogeys come from missing greens, for the most part. Um, right, my doubles come from errant tee shots that force me to punch out. Yeah. Doubles come from like penalty shots more than anything. But I think that's like what you just said, like your, your bogeys come from missing green. So I, and not being able to go up and down. I, right. I'll tell you though, I give myself fucking, there's a reason I've got so many gray hairs on my head and my beard. Right. Uh, I, I make golf very stressful and oh, you made that look real easy, that up and down. (laughs) Yeah. You should hear what's going on up here. You should Uh, hear my heart rate, sir. Yeah, I well, I mean, the hard stays. It's it's more of the the chaos going on in the in the in my dome. That um, insane in the membrane. Insane in the membrane is is actually uh, very spot on there. Um, no, it's it's all about hitting greens. That's the goal. That's my goal. I and I should probably make that more of a goal than pars, but. Cars I feel like are easier than hitting nine greens. Nine, hitting nine greens is not easy. Uh, I'm trying to actually think of how many greens I hit that day. I mean, I, I hit, actually I hit six greens on the front nine. I shot two over on the front and I should hit six greens. There you go. Yeah, I just with that um, method. You can because you can get pars without hitting greens. Um, I feel like you're. Make the number reward you a little bit. You don't want to make it detrimental. Like, oh, I could only get three of them today. Fuck me. Like, right. Well, well I mean, Brian, you had seven pars. Good for you, man. You like, yeah. Look, look, look. So, yeah, that's that's why I like the pars thing. But um, listen, I think we've got a lot of grow on here. I mean, you're an eight. I'm a twelve. Put that together. We we should play to a twenty as a team. I wish that's how it worked. That'd be so sick. We'd fucking crush it. Oh yeah, bro. We're like a team twenty. Well, Fine, you can, t- take 80%. you can take eighty uh, percent. You can take eighty percent of like the handicap. We'll play us, 16. It's twenty. Yeah, we don't. We don't really play. 
Do you have to rent clubs here? Oh, I dude, do you remember when own? we got into the shootout at Stanley? Uh, do I remember when we did? Yeah. Yes, I do. Some guy had to hit that, it off of a pine tree. His dude, ball that was came mad to rest fun. on the downslope. Uh, actually, he didn't hit it. I'm pretty sure he took it unplayable because he was like, the second I take my swing, the branch is going to move. The ball is going to drop. I'm going to miss it. That's going to be a straw. I was like, yeah. No, Kev, I remember. I missed a birdie putt from like, I want to say eight feet, which didn't, which cost us the round we we didn't advance to the, to the i think we point. both had putts that we missed to get us to advance because we were getting a stroke if i remember correctly off of the field that was that was one of the more fun holes of golf like there was literally like 12 people playing that hole oh it, it was time. sick it was sick and we were shit-faced at the time too that was the problem we were like the first group to finish and we we're just like, oh, all right, well, we're going to have to play, so we're just going to hang here and drink beers, and we had been drinking beers the whole round anyway. We're like, now <laughs> you guys need to go out and play. I think yeah. you hooked your shit out. I think you had, I, I think you might have took yourself out of the hole. So I hooked my, I remember what happened. I hooked my drive. Um, I had to punch through, and it barely got through, and then I hit a good, like, third shot to set myself up for an approach. I put my approach to, like, 10 or 12 feet, and just missed my putt, which would have so we both missed like yeah, I think eight footer. I think I had a twelve footer. Um, I think mine was similar. I think I just it it's not a hole I'm getting to in three. So it was I I put I didn't make the green in three. I just put it off to the side of the green. Yeah, but going back to what we just said, I had like six yards to the hole, and it was a, a right. Short little chip onto the green, and then I missed the putt. Um, that's all I need to advance. But that hole just has my number, man. I never it, do well on that hole. It's a the green is so tough. Yeah, man. Same. Yeah. Man. Uh, I miss Stanley. But all right, man. Well, I'll uh, I'll let you run. I hope you enjoy your little family weekend. I'm gonna be playing 36 holes down in Destin, Florida, with the boys. Um, and we'll uh, I'll be sure to recap that for you next week. Love it. Get some content. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Yeah, you too. Go parlays. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We'll catch you next week. See you. Peace.